or don't. Oi! As we finally have our great country back, we feel there's one rule that needs to be made clear to Westchester Town residents. We do not tolerate people speaking other languages than English in the flats. We are now our own country again. And the Americans can learn something about this. And the Queen's English is, spo- is the spoken tongue here. If you do want to speak whatever is the mother tongue of the country you came from, then we suggest you return to that place and return your flat to the council so they can let British people live here and we can return to what was normality before you infected this once great island. It's a simple choice. Obey the rule of the majority or leave. You won't have long till our government will implement rules that will put British flirt first, so best evolve or leave. God save the Queen, a government, and all your patriots. Speak Gaelic, you Brits. <laughs> no, no, they put that up because of the Scottish people living in the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love the idea that instead of like Alexander, you know, Alexander would would go to a place, conquer it, and then just be like, all right, you guys pay taxes to Greece, but we're never going to check that you pay them. And also, Uh, whoever you want. Thank you. Fuck you. Um, And I like the idea that the English like show up in India and they've never seen English people before and they conquer the nation. And then they're just like, all right, you guys speak English now. And they're like, And then the English people are like, that's not English. That's whatever you spoke before. But now you, you speak English. And then we're just like, Urdu? and like, no, no, you don't speak Urdu. If that's what you're trying to ask me, you speak English. And then like anyone who doesn't speak English in it, in India is just like immediately executed because I really like, I, th- I really like that idea. I think they should bring that to the Island. I think it'll work well. Oh, absolutely. And they said that this matter is being dealt with as a racially aggravated, a public order incident, but I love how like it's as racially aggravated as possible because they don't even stay a specific denomination. They're just like, no British get to leave. <laughs> I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. (laughs) (laughs) They they all watch Children of Men and they're like, yes, good, please. This is what I want the UK to look like. (laughs) Brexit! You can't handle the Brexit! (laughs) Okay, we can move on. Sorry. (laughs) I had to get that through. But it's seriously, um, uh, we, you're, you won't have long till our government will implement rules that will put British first. So best evolve or leave. <laughs> the evolution. They're like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> they literally think that people are like Pokemon and they're like, oh, yes, Southeast Asians. <laughs> They'll evolve into white people at some point <laughs> if we're racist enough to them. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, I think they're just taking a lesson from America at that point. <laughs> I think yeah. they've done what America can't do, so America needs to take note. Yeah, we need to leave the EU. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! If someone would distract Donald Trump but by telling you. him that we were in the EU, and then he could spend, you know, I don't Tell know. Tell Trump that NATO is the EU. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he won't. He won't really question it. He'll just be like, I hate. I hate. What do you think about Boris Johnson's uh, actually like fulfilling his campaign promises, Donald Trump? You said you were going to lock up Hillary Clinton. He left the EU. NATO? (laughs) No, no, we can't 
have Donald Trump lock up Hillary Clinton because he will win re-election if he actually locks her up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I might actually okay, vote for him. sacrifice <laughs> not willing to make for this great guy. Yeah, I might vote for him if he, if, he puts, election, if he puts okay? Hillary Clinton in jail. If he puts Hillary Clinton in jail, I very might vote for him as well. <laughs> No, I think it's important to have Hillary Clinton traveling the countryside, telling people not to vote for Bernie while, like, fainting and vomiting. See, that only helps Bernie. You talk about single-issue voters, okay? And locking up Hillary Clinton, I think, would poll probably higher than any other single issue. Many months has come and gone since Let's I wandered over Oklahoma. from my Oklahoma's most Republican Oklahoma podcast. hills where I was born. Yet I keep doing crime. Many a page of life has turned, man. many a lesson I doing have sexism. learned. Well, I feel like in I'm those hills I still belong. We be doing crime. There are revisionists and there are reactionaries. We just can't make it a witness pursuit thing about them. This is Red Star over Oklahoma. Oklahoma's Republican I'm Adam Burnett, and this week we have Carl Roberts, Parker Nelson, and Stephen Lastman on the show. And this is Red Star over Oklahoma. We are a politics and news podcast broadcasting about left Oklahoma. This week in national news, we will be talking about Big Pharma finally getting some just desserts. Before, of course, turning to Oklahoma news, where we will be discussing that somebody poisoned the water hole. <laughs> and then we will finish with the increasing dangers of Oklahoma prisons. Before, of course, jumping into the conservative reading series for the week. So let's jump straight into national news. Uh, no, so I couldn't decide and still can't decide um, what to title the story. It's either putting Rico back into pericope or John Kapoor ricocheted into a fucking prison cell to rot, which I think I'm leaning towards number two. <laughs> God damn it. That, that pun is so bad. I'm going to slide over and punch you in the mouth. <laughs> but uh, corporate executives basically were charged um, under the Racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act. Rico! Uh, which is a charge like uh, reserved for like mob bosses and drug lords, um, which is like super dope. Um, it's it's kind of viewed as the first step in a, not necessarily one that's going to like necessarily prohibit drug companies from aggressively uh, marketing. marketing their bullshit, but one that um, might be like, oh, hey, you can actually go to prison if you do so for up to six years for this 76-year-old prick. So Kapoor and four other executives were found guilty last year of orchestrating a criminal conspiracy to bribe doctors to prescribe the company's medication, you know, the fentanyl thing, um, including the patients who didn't need it. So uh, there um, was there was actually a really cool. Um, this is like uh, th- such a late capitalism thing, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's been a series of computers that have been recalled uh, because they use a lot of computers and computer software to monitor prescriptions. Basically, uh, if this person has this prescription, they should be on this or they shouldn't be on this. And that way it's easier for pharmacists to know when and what to prescribe people. And basically they found out that these computers, the software had been written to basically always prescribe opiates because they had gotten a deal (laughs) from uh, the opiate manufacturers to put that system into the software. And yeah, hot, super hot. (laughs) Just getting push notifications to take more fentanyl every couple hours. 
She's like, hey, has your patient tried opium for their um, heavy flow? <laughs> Are you depressed? Uh, back to the 1900s, opium. 1910s. Are you, does your foot hurt? Opium. Do you have a boil? Opium. Are your eyes crossed? Opium. Uh, are you constipated? Opium. opium. <laughs> are you? Are you? Do you have a lot of diarrhea? Opium. Opium. Okay, that would actually help, though. <laughs> yeah, but not actually. Like it not only helps I mean, because you'd feel good and you'd not shit in your pants. You know what I mean? Taking Probably a bazooka to target practice. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit overkill but Kapoor's uh, he, he only got a 66 month prison term he's a 76 year old founder of Insys Therapeutics um, they, which is nothing Rico prison, and there was, there was like that spike in uh, people getting charged with 250 grams or more of cocaine or black and brown getting like 20,000 years in prison for being yeah, drug dealers the best part about this oh. was that, like, federal prosecutors were li- trying to nail these assholes for way harder than the judge actually hit them. Um, and the defense for Kapoor, at the very least, um, his defense attorneys maintained the executive's innocence and stressed his old age as a reason for a short prison sentence. Like, no, fucking go to Fuck rock. No, it's actually, rock. it's actually, that's actually super duper common. Like, even in like hardcore murder cases. Where they'll be like, all right, if we're going to do anything, let's put this person like one in an assisted living facility or two, like the most low security or like even like a hospital. Like I have seen that argument before. (laughs) That's actually kind of funny. Like, um, you're not going to go to prison. We're going to put you in a a nursing home. And they're like, no, send me to prison, please. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, that's that. I've I've also seen that response to that. See, I would agree to that if it was the most negligent, like. You know, there's a facility <laughs> demand. And not I that know, I man. stand for negligence, but a, a nursing home. Like, which one's really treating you worse at the end of the day? <laughs> I, I, for I want them to put him in a nursing and assisted living facility that exclusively prescribes his drug. <laughs> no, I, I think it would be fun if he just had to go to the like assisted living facility in like I don't know Grove, Oklahoma, where it's just like a hellhole where like old people, old, poor old people, just have to go to die, and he just gets right. stuck there and just has to like have that experience as his end of days. Like that would actually like not only be really awesome, but I think like an apt and just punishment. He just yeah. has to go to Adrian Veidt's castle on Europa. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. He just, yeah, yeah. No one can know that I he saved they, the world. I think, they, I think it's, like, one of the most, to steal something from the Trillbillies, deeply fucking diseased things about our society, that there are thousands upon thousands of young black men who are in prison for like 20, 30 years or longer even for, for being like heroin dealers because they had literally no other option to, to survive. And in, you know, like, like the bad parts of Baltimore. And then this dude is going to get fucking six years and they're trying to make a sentence nice for him or something, even though yeah, he probably, but Carl, he like, they didn't set up a the corporation. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they're not, yeah, they're Carl. not publicly <laughs> traded. Okay. Do you know the difference between white collar and blue collar, Carl? <laughs> I don't think you do. Well, I always this is uh, one of my this is one of the the things. No, that, I haven't done blue collar work. I'll tell you uh, this is one of the things that they teach a lot of. Um, this is one of the sayings that I hear from a lot of defense attorneys. But you know, do you know how many people can go down for one crack rock? Like seven. 
And when you're talking about like, you know, a possession charge for one pl- crack rock where you have a bunch of people and they just charge everyone with possession and then everyone gets an eight year sentence. Like only one person could have had it and they hand out 40 years anyway, you know, to like five people. And it's like, oh, well. <laughs> well, r- regardless, U.S. District Judge Allison Burroughs, um, explained that she reached the lesser sentence after considering Kapoor's advanced age and philanthropy, as well as quote, his central role in the crime. So she's like, I know you're full of shit. You definitely did tax write-offs. Yeah. You definitely orchestrated all this, but you gave some of the billions to charity. So his philanthropy is probably like tax write-offs. Hey guys, paying for people's prescriptions for his money. Hey guys, I want (laughs) to let you know. And, uh, I just want to let, let, no, let any of the libs who are listening to this show, Allison Burroughs, federal district judge, appointed by Barack Hussein Obama. So <laughs> this isn't even one of the like hundreds of federal judges that the Trump administration has pushed through where you can be like, oh, this is a Republican problem. Like, no, this is literally 100 percent an Obama problem. White people are drug dealers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. OK, OK. So some of the better decisions that I think were made by uh, subsis uh, or insist, excuse me, uh, for subsis. Um, one of the sales, the sales executive hired a stripper as a subsis sales representative to help persuade doctors to boost prescriptions. The woman named Wait, Sunrise I'm into it e. Now. Hell yeah, that's some, that's some Hunter Biden energy. <laughs> a third of the company's sales force. So wait, wait a stripper was doing thirty three percent of their sales. She's overseeing them. Oh, oh okay. hell yeah, no. Biden was on the board. This yeah, is so like his I, after Burisma. Yeah. I, I, I support them. I take it all back. I take it all back. Do not send this case, to prison. Genius. For, you know, trying to bring sex workers. They support in. sex workers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but they, some of the other fucking idiots on this trial, like the, the, the abs, just the, the one-liners are gold, right? One of them was like, I didn't think of who we were at insist and how unethical what we were doing was. Um, one of the assholes told the judge on Thursday, according to Bloomberg, the only thing I could think of was how I keep up with the fast and furious pace necessary to get ahead. <laughs> Is that a defense? I'm pretty sure you're just. I got rat raced, guys. <laughs> have you guys seen the movie Rat Race with Steve Martin? I got rat raced. I got. I got. Have you ever seen the movie Money Pit with Steve Martin? And, oh no, that was Brad Pitt. Or was that Brad Pitt? Or was that uh, Moneyball? Moneyball. Wait, no, no. I'm talking about Money Pit. The, no, that, that was, was a Tom, Tom Hanks movie. movie. That was a Tom <laughs> Hanks movie where he buys a house and sinks all the money into it. That's what happened to me. I got money pitted. <laughs> Um, and therefore, not guilty. I'll adjourn myself. Thank you. I'm claiming wait, affluenza wait. because I couldn't see the like terrible effects of the American opium crisis from my Scrooge McDuck vault. Again, I, I, I like the idea that like like we were discussing kind of earlier that like what actually happened was is that like aliens invaded in like '86 or no, let's call it like '78. And they released a disease that made us all like just drop dead or like sterile or something. I don't know. Something awful. But the only substance on the planet that like counteracted it was uh, opium. And so they just started selling like cocaine and opium and heroin into the inner city as like a method for and like the overprescription was like, okay, do you want everyone on the planet to die or do you want 
there to be a massive opioid crisis because that's like that's like <laughs> such an Adrian Veidt decision and choice. Like Adrian Veidt just being like, "Oh no, I uh, I actually created crack cocaine in the lab and distributed it in the inner city to prevent the <laughs> alien disease from destroying two fifths of the population." <laughs> but while the seven NSYS executives have been in court and awaiting sentencing. The company entered into an agreement with the government to settle criminal and civil investigations. They agreed to pay like $225 million and admitted to the kickback scheme. Like right, shortly $225 after the agreement. Million for like a big pharma company is jump change. Jump change. Oh, absolutely nothing. But shortly after the agreement was announced, the company filed for bankruptcy. All right. Well, well yeah. at oh, least it. Oh, okay, cool. So they won't even pay it. <laughs> Great. Yeah, they're not even gonna pay it. So, like, they you, you can't so, you can't discharge uh, settlements in bankruptcy that you've had against you on the merits. But yeah, they. I mean, they won't pay it because the 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 corporation will just die and dissolve. They'll move all the assets. But in the dis, in the dissolution, the very first thing that will be paid out is the judgment. And bankruptcy is like, like. It is a save your ass move, but at the same time, it's also one of those things where, like, technically you do surrender the assets you have, but you just, you mitigate your loss is all you do. Yeah. Well, how much that's, do you that's the whole implication like, here, right? Exactly. No, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just giving more own, insight. Yeah. Half of their assets are owned by some overseas Panama shell company. So they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're loaning them out from them. So we actually, like, we're not worth almost anything. Yeah, yeah, you know, or like or too, you know? or uh, the day before the settlement came in, they sold all their assets at you know ten percent of the price to Check the new nice corporate entity books here that we've maintained perfectly. Yeah, exactly. It's the same shit. But I, I even love like how like from if we're talking like you like legal scholars because I this is. Uh, above like like overwhelmingly a positive thing right so that you can charge pharmaceutical executives under the same guise and obviously not yet to the same degree that you do as quote unquote drug lords or whatever um but it it, it kind of just uh, chokes the optimism at the end where they were like a lot of the uh, one of the legal scholars from um, Harvard University program on regulation therapeutics and law um, says a quote a lot of the activities that you see within the industry that are effective are technically legal <laughs> and so if that's the case is this going to curb those aggressive tactics no but it will give second thoughts to pushing the boundaries <laughs> I, th- I uh, think oh will it oh will it oh yeah I, so I was just one. like why did I read this <laughs> Jesus. Well, it's the constant, and like, we don't need to have my two and a half hour legal lecture here, but you have to do the thing called piercing the corporate veil, and like, they all know what the legal test is, and so they stay. What kind of fucking wizardry is law if you have to pierce the corporate veil? Well, the corporate, (laughs) the corporation, god damn it, god damn it, Carl, the corporation (laughs) is is a legal fiction, a legal fiction of personhood they are an individual under the law as a legal fiction and thereby they have rights and those rights good, like book like genre no legal fictions actually <laughs> exist um in, i like historical fiction i just don't know yeah. how I like legal uh they're well you don't because they're mostly just corporations but like like the government is a legal fiction any legal fiction is what american legal scholars use in the same way that um like sart uses structure like really that's what it is it's 
interesting. It's just what? a different name. I was just memeing, but yeah. Yeah, no, I was not. I was trying to. I was trying to give theory because if we're just a meme okay, show, why, why, why are you trying to explain stuff up here? Out here, what are you doing? Huh? I don't. I don't want my two and a half hour lecture, but here's my forty five minute little tidbit of. Uh, Listen, it was a ninety second. Tidbit. It was a nineteen second tidbit. Uh, forty five seconds. Forty five minutes. Any difference? It was no. between fourteen and eighty eight <laughs> seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that was a joke, and I am not a Nazi, or am I insinuating any uh, Nazi affiliation? It was just a bad joke at everyone else's expense. Uh, we're not Nazis. Uh, we just uh, we just really like um, uh, John Wayne. Agrees <laughs> with political views. Uh, but, Clint uh, at the end of the day, yay for uh, throwing some shithole pharmaceutical execs uh, into the into rot where they belong. Yay! We are moving on to Oklahoma news now where we're going to be talking about who poisoned the water well um well the water was poisoned by you guessed it fracking companies um so i'm taking a big old swig of fracking fluid right now to brace me for this article dude did you uh, okay okay we, hold on pause do a show toast. Is that a thing that no do? did you guys did you guys see there was a video this week that came out of a farmer at a um uh new uh oh god i think it was nebraska like board meeting? Yeah, yeah and he and he was hey, like hey oil exec you want to drink this well water motherfuckers well apparently the oil ex- an oil exec had told him that well that fracking water is fine I would drink it myself. And so the dude brought a big styrofoam <laughs> cup of the fracking water and poured it into a glass in front of him. And it was just, you know, the color of piss and there were just like rocks floating in it. And he was like, all right, would you drink this? And the guy literally says, oh, this is an executive session and we don't answer questions during executive sessions. So <laughs> then he picked it up and splashed it in his face, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably the only rational response to that. The, the the farmer said something along the lines of like, "Well, if you can't answer questions, I'll I'll answer a simple yes and no question because my answer would be no. I wouldn't drink that water." <laughs> and then the video cut off, and I was like, "Fair, that, that that's probably the best clap. Well, the video, that's right. better than any clapback Nancy Pelosi has even attempted." Yeah, okay. King of the week, Red Star King of the week is that. <laughs> the Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry uh, finally put to rest over this video. Um, but yeah, as, as as we know, there's lots of fun things that come out of fracking, uh, earthquakes, just delicious uh, fracking water, and uh, most recently, a bunch of farms in northwest Oklahoma have found salt water uh, leaching up from their groundwater, which has killed crops and trees in the surrounding area. Um, I don't salt water with I'm, a chemical. I'm, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why don't the plants pull themselves up from their bootstraps? <laughs> Are they lazy? I mean, is this an education yeah, issue? I mean, I mean well, need, like, or is it just a, like iodine, right? What, what I was thinking plants. is like, you when you cook some veggies, you want to get them like salted to give them flavor. Right, you already, this is just cutting out the middleman. Oh my gosh! You don't understand the amount of white people this will help. <laughs> yeah, oh you just God. get some pre-salted crops. Uh, they they got a nice salty taste. Um, but yeah, the the study that looked at all of the salt water uh, leaching up from the ground found that it had a, chemi- a similar chemical profile to fracking wastewater dumped in the area. What? A coincidental? Uh, who, coincidental. No yeah, way I mean. 
True. A lot of a lot of times, like fracking water occurs naturally. There's no way of knowing whether this comes from corporate <laughs> drilling or it just happens to be like. Uh, what are the like, fracking water repositories that are just present all across, you know, the United States? Yeah, uh, there's lots of fracking aquifers that occur naturally. There's there's really no way of knowing. Um, so as a result of this study, the Oklahoma Corporation Commission shut yep. down. Eight disposal wells reduced pumping rates for several more last November in Oklahoma, Texas, and New Mexico. Um, so in 2017, uh, producers in just those three states generated about 270 billion gallons of wastewater. Uh, and for, for reference, that's, that's not a lot. Uh, yeah, it's not that much. Uh, it's, I believe, 55 uh, New York Giant stadiums filled with fracking water. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fucking shit. Who, who, what Reddit thread did you find that in? I was, I I was in the article. I like, I like the uh, comparison there. It gives me a good scale. Um, <laughs> okay, MetLife Stadium. Hell yeah. yeah. I, can't, I don't know how many that actually is. Tell me how it many could, loads it is on Pornhub. It okay? could be worse. It could <laughs> be 55 Dallas Cowboys stadiums, yeah, which was true. Be, far more dangerous True. Um, because so, jerry uh, jones is just swimming around in it breathing it like a fish because it is actually his like alien natural habitat yeah, that's, that's the atmosphere on his home planet yeah exactly <laughs> um the, also t boone pickens body in in osu stadium <laughs> uh, well that's that's how he's embalmed it's just filled <laughs> with fracking but the, the, the big thing to come out of this finding is, um, I guess, on the uh, on the bad direction is that the current 98th Meridian Rule, which prohibits dumping wastewater back into the watershed east of the 98th Meridian. Uh, so, so basically, like, in the desert, they're saying there's not enough water, so you can dump the fracking water back in the drier parts. Um, on the east because side, because we want radioactive wrong. deserts. Uh, well, we we already kind of have those. <laughs> I guess it's true. Oh, well, yeah, okay, uh, you just go dump it on the Trinity side. You can be yeah. The fallout monsters that are going to come from the wastewater radioactive, like the kaiju that we're going to get out of that, are going to be next level. You know what I Look, mean? Like, fuck, I mean, fuck Godzilla. Fallout New Vegas ruled. I would love to live in that world. It seems cool and fun. <laughs> But the, the all the beer bottle caps I have will make me a millionaire. It'll actually change my socioeconomic condition for the better if we lived in in Fallout New Vegas. So I'm a total proponent of that idea. I know yeah, for so sure as, as many bottle caps and ammunition that I keep in my <laughs> safe at home. <laughs> That's the only things I keep in there. But yeah, so the, 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 the existing rule like prevents you from dumping. Uh, East of that line, but currently uh, the American Petroleum Institute, which are just a bunch of stand-up dudes, are petitioning to eliminate this restriction entirely. So you can just dump that fracking water back into the uh, the water watershed anywhere you want, which is <laughs> after they're just going to be pouring it directly into Keystone Lake. I mean, basically, that's like what they want to do. Is they're saying like, "Hey, wait, we can do this in the Panhandle, but not in Green Country. That's not fair." They're like, what? That costs extra money. What? We can't just put, literally dump it on the ground at the spot where we took it out? They're like, sure, it'll cost a lot to change the name to Brown Country, but... <laughs> <laughs> could we just find some children that could, like, we could spray the water on, and then they could, like, run off and play and, like, disseminate the water that way? Like, is that an ability that they would be having? They're actually like, okay... 
the Osage made a ton of money off oil. Why don't we just dump the water there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they didn't literally murder like any Osage who profited from that. Like the literal FBI <laughs> okay, wasn't engaged in covering the up the murders of prominent Osage who were able to like affect policy once they had money because of them the having oil. The problem there is that the people who were murdering the Osage are the same ones who want to dump the fracking water. <laughs> Yeah, I they're know, but different. they're like, "Oh my god, he stabbed by Indians." <laughs> cool. I can do what he was doing with the with the wastewater. We have a very different kind of trophy room in in our house, actually. Um, <laughs> that was built on uh, fracking wastewater uh, money. Um, yeah. So aside, aside from just the like salty crop destroying water, one of the other things that a lot of studies have found in this uh, fracking water is. Highly increased levels of radium, the uh, delicious, uh, tasty, heavy metal. Uh, that's it's got a nice little like uh, spicy kick to it. Uh, I mean, it's the the what the what made the ladies' jaws fall off that were painting them uh, in, in right the early 1900s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, painted those watches with the uh, to make them glow in the dark. And exactly. Then, I mean, Marie Curie pictures. discovered it and then led along and happy died life because nothing. <laughs> yeah. Literally started decaying off their face. Uh, but a lot of the like pro fracking arguments like get away with just pushing the line on this a because most state governments will like let them get away with it but because the uh studies like these are inconclusive because it takes a really long time to prove things in science conclusively uh so they're saying like oh well, we don't know what's going on we don't know if this is like poisonous for crops and humans and animals so uh, why should that stop so drinking? let's try anyway <laughs> yeah rather well, than the international uh, argument can, of can, oh this could be like destroying all of our crops and irradiating children and drinking water maybe we should wait until we know for certain they're like nope that that doesn't okay. make sense why would you advocate for the rational thought never been a problem in oklahoma when all of a sudden our crops start failing on a massive scale name one time that's been a problem for the great state of oklahoma, okay <laughs> do i have to name one time or can i name two times <laughs> I mean, when you I think it was like the Pro Bowl, uh, right? It's like the Dust Bowl. Is the last time the Super Bowl was hosted in Oklahoma? I mean, <laughs> well, no, I thought it was Dust Bowl, where you just that was like a nice bowling. Everyone bowled for a few years. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> but yeah, what, you got shale in them, them there hills. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you, got, you got the shale You're not rush. <laughs> the shale rush, dude. I I wish I wish Fracket was um... shale is a slow burn. It is not the rush. <laughs> That's gonna be like the new state motto that they're pumping out or whatever the fuck it is. They're gonna be like shale. It's what's for dinner. Hmm. <laughs> What's the Folgers uh, uh, intro? Uh, best part about best part up. of waking what up is fracking, um, fracking waste in my some, cup. Some flammable water in my cup from my faucet. They're gonna like hire a mumble rap, rapper to do a like thing, and it's like instead of lean, it's fracking water. Um, uh, here's something. So that that number that we said was um, all of the uh, fracking water in 2017 in Oklahoma, Texas, and New Mexico, 270 billion gallons. Um, Permian and Source Water Inc. predicts that Texas alone will generate 630 billion gallons of wastewater Ooh. by 2023. By 2023. <laughs> so um, that, that's that's another 130 giant stadiums. 
For scale. Well, okay, so everybody's worried about the the Permian, uh, the the Mogollon Aquifier going dry, but if we just filled it with fracking flood, yeah. we won't have to worry about it. Of course, <laughs> uh, it's called recycling, Carl. I thought you liked the environment. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, like all those native, uh, you know, the like uh, Anasazi and like uh, a Navajo and Apache and uh, myths about like. like um, you know, I don't know, skinwalkers and shit. Um, it's they're gonna just they're just gonna be like, yeah, so so those were real, um, but now there's a different real one, and it's just like the fracking wastewater demons. Yeah, Wendigos are all just like citizens of nature. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what if they dumped it in the pitcher mine? You know, they're just like, okay, hmm, this is we're gonna write this one as a loss. Uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure the pitcher mine would anyway. like not even hold five percent of this shit. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, which, uh, yeah, so, you know, not not good. Uh, repealing any sort of fracking regulations under scientific uncertainty, a bad idea. Um, and well, you hate to see it. For our second Oklahoma news story of the week, we're going to talk about something a, a hair more, uh, well, I'm not sure if it's more serious, but it might be more sad. Um this is uh, another story about uh, Oklahoma prisons and the continued failure of uh, this uh, state to do anything about these uh, nightmarish gulags that they're operating. Um, so, in Wait, 2000- are you telling me we don't have good prisons? What? I know. It's hey, hey Adam, scary. did you miss the episode where we did, where we dropped to the number two incarcerated state in the nation? Okay. <laughs> We're not number one? Uh, no, 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 no. Number two incarcerated state in the nation. Also number two most incarcerating location in the world. It's still number two now. All right. I don't know how sad this can be. Thanks, thanks, Louisiana. Shout out to you. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Fuck, you. Fuck you, LSU, and thank you for that. So in 2015, in Ottawa County Jail, uh, a man um, named oh. Terrell Ellis um, died. Uh, he died of what the jail called pneumonia and sepsis. Uh, you might go pneumonia and sepsis. That seems like a pretty, uh, he was a 26 year old. And he was 26 years old. So that seems crazy. Well, it makes a lot more sense. What, what actually happened when you realize that what he really had was a broken spine and several broken ribs. Uh, cause that's how the sepsis, is that, sepsis wait, is that, is that a symptom of pneumonia? I can't remember. Uh, no, but let me tell you pneumonia with broken ribs and a broken spine. <laughs> yeah. That's really hurts. Really bad. Uh, and yeah, that's where the sepsis develops and you know, you die. Um, he spent his last few days on earth, uh, in solitary confinement, begging jailers to send him to the hospital. Uh, they told him that they were sick and fucking tired of his belly aching and that they knew he was faking, which is a fun thing to say to a dead person. Um, uh, I mean, at least they found out they were wrong, right? They, they probably learned from their mistake. I'm sure. Right. They, right. They, they now don't believe people cry wolf about this. Huh? <laughs> so in 2017, the family filed a civil rights lawsuit against the uh, prison. Um, and that lawsuit is still ongoing. Um, they're, you know, looking for civil rights violations um, based on that. Um, so I, I think there's really two important points to talk about. How um, hard are they looking? 
<laughs> We're going to talk about that in just a second because I okay, actually want to. I, I actually uh, want. It's kind of wild. Yeah, I actually want to 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 just because this is something I have a little bit of expertise in. I want to actually explain this to you guys, uh, but I will in just a moment about what the private prisons are alleging. And uh, no, it should absolutely not just blow your mind. It should like literally cause it to dissolve in the cryptic acid that is this terrible, terrible take by the private prisons in this state. Um, I'm excited. My brain's already nice and soft from the fracking fluids. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> um, so first of all, I, I just want to say that like, I mean, we, we can, we can, this show and Oklahoma can accept that what the state is operating is very like very much what a gulag is uh these are places that are not well staffed that breed crime breed disease and that breed terrible outcomes (laughs) and murder people regularly regularly um and 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 it doesn't you know we we the whole reason that, that that the republicans got conned into doing this not the legislators, obviously, because they're evil. And are you, know, you really and, sure they got conned? I, I think I think that I, I think that no that? no I think that well that's probably not a, the best word but <laughs> duped would you prefer duped? Um, I, I think would that prefer, there were. Uh, actively chose to do this knowing what it would mean. <laughs> well, I think that's true for the legislators, support. but I think that the 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 the. the the, the general voter in Oklahoma especially has been for so long told of terrible crime rates and terrible this, and they have been so frightened into believing and trusting the police. I mean, that's what I, that I think is. It's, I think it's kind of that thing of like uh, centrists are all about, uh, boy, I do hate these problems, but buddy, the causes, you better believe I love those. Yeah. 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 Well, and again, I don't think this is, I'm not trying to say this about people who are super engaged with the political process. I just mean that the general population has been led to believe that jails are a thing that like is part of the process that like deteriorates crime when in Oklahoma, not only is that not true, but like the opposite is that like prisons are a place that exclusively exists to like perpetrate crime. Yeah. The the very like, 20 second logic of I'm not going to dig into this is, Oh, crime is bad. We need more like jails and enforcement. Yep. Yeah. And well, but I mean, again, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to, I know the policy wonks and the bloodless legislators like, yeah, I know that they're evil, but I'm just trying to say, but like that is, I, I just, I, I wanted to take the second to just say that's, like obviously not what's going on. I mean, these are places where you're getting criminals together and then you're giving them no recourse when they get out. So what do they do when they're in? They make affiliations and they learn and they, instead of learning, you know, how to get a GED or a vocational skill or a professional skill, uh, or a rehabilitatory skill, uh, they learn skills like how to cook crack cocaine or how to hotwire cars or where to buy crack cocaine. Um, and it just perpetuates the problem. It's also one of those fucked up things where like, it should be illegal to ask if you have a criminal history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're, if you're in, if you're in prison and they're like, okay, we've got job training. Are you really going to do that when you know going out that like you're blacklisted by probably 75% of available jobs for you? Yep. Yeah. And And, and of course, it's it's not, it's not a rational. Yeah, no, you're you're, going to do what makes the most sense for you when you get out, which is try and make money in some sort of like criminal way. 
Well, and not just what makes the most sense to you, but you got to fucking eat. And not just that, not only do you have to fucking eat, but you have, I mean, anyone who has a felony, you have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in court fines. So that's one of the other ones that I always loved is that these guys will get out of prison and they'll be like, all right. And you have $600 a month in, uh, basically court fines to pay. Um, good luck getting a job or a house, you know, cause you can't get housing. Uh, you can't get a car cause you can't afford one. So you have no transportation and you can't get a job. Uh, oh, and you have a $600 bill, uh, a month that you get n- no benefits from. So, uh, yeah. Can you like, can you discharge that in bankruptcy? Nope. Is that like an option? <laughs> Court fines should just be fucking illegal. It blows my mind that we have that shit. Like, <laughs> Why? 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 We have taxes to pay for things like courts. That's the whole reason we pay our fucking taxes. God damn it. Restitution, my dog. Uh, it's a capitalist system. I mean, they don't, they, they can't, it, it, it would literally be detrimental to their capitalist system argument if you allowed for a restorative justice. Like literally, that's why we don't have restorative justice. This country has a great history of restorative justice, especially in Oklahoma, because this is one of the only places um, this and North and South Dakota were one of the only places where peacemaking circles were re- were codified and recognized as valid court systems prior to some Supreme Court decisions. Um, and that kind of tribal justice is like not only like much better, but like is actually like actually it's it, it it is what we call it's restorative justice. justice. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and that is like even more amazing because yeah, we actually have an alternative system that works better, but we don't do it because it, it, it would. And I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I am dead serious. It would, it would, uh, 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 destabilize their capitalist argument. And what they want is to have a flawless capitalist argument because it's the easiest way to enslave people without calling them slaves. Mm-hmm. I mean, the easiest way to enslave people without calling them slaves is uh, is uh, Oklahoma's private prison. No, I mean, uh, look, think should, of a the, they, they do the same thing. My favorite example from California is where they make the felons go fight fires, and then they let them be firefighters, and then don't firefighters after they get out of prison. Yeah. It's the best. So, well, so, so they let you choose to be a firefighter, but then they don't let you become one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to hear. So, so my next point on this, I want to hit you guys just quickly because you guys are smart and I know our listeners are smart and this is a little complicated, but I want to hit you guys with the legal argument that the private prisons are making in the state. Um, it is uh, not just immoral, but reprehensible. It is a this is one of the Nazi-like argument. Read whenever I read this. Um, like- so, so, so here's what we're going to do, right? So we all know you have civil rights, but... Your civil rights can't be violated by private entities. It's why your job can fire you for telling your boss that your dick is huge. Um, or, you know, you can't it's say... Why, it's why Twitter... Is that is definitely a violation of Carl's civil rights, at least. She's, uh, she's a corn cop. But, um, but, but yeah, like it's, it's the, it's the classic one of the NFL can fire players for what they want to say. You can get kicked off Twitter. You can get kicked off Facebook and it is at the total, you know, those aren't civil rights violations because they're private entities. All right. So, okay. The private prisons are saying they are not capable of violating individuals, civil rights, because they're not the government. They're a private entity. So they're not bound by the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, or the Eighth Amendment for uh, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. So, so, so their argument is basically going to allow them to become torture agencies if they want to be. Yes, sir. 
and and hold on hold on hold on you have to because you have to come at this from both sides because because like let's say you know the government can't falsely imprison you right you can't the government isn't allowed to do what they're called governmental torts against you you can still sue them you just sue them because it's a civil right violation because you can't sue the government because they have sovereign immunity they say we're immune from any suit you can't sue the u.s government for a lot of things unless they give you unless they allow you to and so uh, we've all heard this before uh so like if if a cop beats somebody up right you can't sue the individual cop for battery or assault you have to sue him in his official capacity as an officer wherein they allege qualified immunity which means that you can't sue the individuals so the private prisons say you can't sue them for civil rights violations because they're not a government entity and therefore you can't sue them that way but you can't sue their individual officers because their individual officers are protected as qualified immunity as government agents holy shit okay so you can pick one or the other you but both answers are wrong Yes. Yeah. 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 Here's your two avenues. You can sue them for violating your civil rights, or you can sue them individually um, for violating your personal autonomy. Like you would sue someone for battery or sue someone for kidnapping personally. So they are government agents when they want to protect their own individual employees, but not institutionally when they want to protect. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, can we and a hundred percent fine fictional universe like go find these executives and burn their houses to the ground? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I don't know how else. And like again, this is all this is all inside baseball that 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 is 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 complex. They are every jail in the state is held in a Title 60 public trust, which has a board of trustees that are private individuals. They have so to be three or more. houses. Okay, I get it. We can do it. But, but. but no, 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 no. I'm not, but what I'm saying in that, in, what I'm saying here is that like, they are saying you can't sue the trust and you can't sue the members of the board of the trust because they have qualified immunity, but the board isn't a government. So you can't sue the board because it hasn't violated your civil rights, but you can't sue the individual officers or the individual board members because they have qualified immunity. Yeah. So they're just trying to like basically set up a case that they are outside of the legal system. No, this is literally the argument for private police militias. This is literally Uh, the argument that, um, yeah, um, my company, uh, we hired like 17 ex-soldiers and we gave them all machetes and machine guns and anyone who comes onto our property, we just murder them. It's literally private police militias. Well, they were acting in a police uh, police fa- uh, facility, or uh, uh, like they were Center, they were like they it. were they were acting as police, so they're qual- they have qualified immunity. But also, we're not a government, so we can't violate your civil rights. So our cops Hi, can violate you. Get to work. Why? <laughs> if uh, lawyers are so goddamn smart. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why Oklahoma has like privatized all of its prisons then to absolve responsibility <laughs> for. Horrible violations. It, you so, know, so I, that all the, the counties don't have to pay out money anymore when they don't have any in the first place. It, it's, well, the private prisons have shitloads of money. That's the other part of this is that well, yeah, those well, boards yeah, of trustees are raking in cash 
Um, right, which is why they need to have their fictional houses burned down. As as a government agent, I will go to their house. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll just make our own militia. Um, but like that, Can like... Can you poop as private citizens? Is that allowed? Uh, <laughs> it's not the show's position, but... Um, uh, so, Adam, what, what, how would we, as Red Star of Oklahoma, form our own private militia? And, and have we'd have to, we'd have to, house. we'd have to, uh, uh, somehow create a title 60 private or a title 60 public publicly held trust. Uh, and I also think that that's illegal under our constitution because we're like a media company, I guess we're not a company, but we're like a media thing and we're they're not, not allowed well, no, but we are. We well, I guess we we, should, we, made, we, well, we should make ourselves. We like we're we're a partnership. Responsibilities. We're a partnership we at the very least. <laughs> oh God, yeah. No, we could. We could just make. I, I could just make my mudroom in my house into uh, a jail cell and just lock my dog in there. And then when he <laughs> sues me for relief, I can just be like, "Listen, dog." I'm not the government. You can't sue me <laughs> for the violating your civil rights. Also, I'm acting Wait, in a governmental capacity, so you can't sue me as an officer because I have qualified immunity. Um, so you're just going to have to live in the mudroom now. And I think I think he'll like it. Come on over here. Come on, coward. Coward. I know that I want to punch you in the nose. I'll beat your goddamn ass, you son of a bitch. You're an intellectual dumbass. And I'm coming. You coward. You think you're a tough guy. I hate you, coward. <laughs> We're going to defeat this anti-human scum. We're going to wreck their world. And now it's time for a conservative reading list. Uh, we went somewhere a bit different. Uh, Lassie found us this, this great article from the OCPA, Oklahoma Council of Public Affairs, uh, published January 27th, entitled Mass Transit Burns Energy Attracts Few Riders. And it's by a guy named Mike. Break. <laughs> kind, of, kind of on the nose. I guess. Stop. Impossible. Uh, Impossible. Um, as 2019 rolled out. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Real, real, real quick. A uh, little uh, bio information on Mike Break. I know we diverged from our normal Oklahoman uh, conservative reading list, but Mike Break was a former reporter at the Oklahoman. <laughs> His coverage of the moon landing earned him a front page byline on July 21st, 1969. Jesus nice. Christ. How the fuck? You were writing and then they let you. Jesus Christ. He's 8 million years old. He was the chief writer for Governor Frank Keating and for Lieutenant Governor and Congresswoman Mary Fallon. Oh my God. Oh, Holy shit. Good old Mike Brake. <laughs> He's being kept My alive. Hate uh, he's, he's being kept alive by the same. Wait, wait. <laughs> the same uh, oh my god. Magic. Oh my god. Oh my god. How did we not realize this? He's not Mike Break. He's My K Break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Damn it. That was funnier than that. Know. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's uh, get into it. It's a good try. As 2019 rolled over into a new decade, Oklahoma City celebrated the first anniversary of its sometimes maligned streetcar system, and officials at the Oklahoma Department of Transportation began exploring options like an OKC Tulsa light rail connection through its newly created Office of Mobility and Public Transit. Meanwhile, a central Oklahoma coalition of cities was contemplating the possibility of commuter rail linking them together. <laughs> the Office of Mobility is exclusively has to do with actual travel and has nothing to do with economics. 
<laughs> just as a, a PSA. Important to note. Um, unfortunately, many of those gleaming streetcars were running virtually empty. A warning to advocates of more rail systems and a result easily predicted by economist Randall O'Toole. A land use and transportation <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not listening to Randy O'Toole. Okay? Confederacy of dunces. <laughs> Randy Bobandy O'Toole. His, his name is actually Randy Tool. Uh, that's what they called him in prison. Uh, somehow he got out alive. Uh, he uh, authored a new policy brief, Urban Transit is an Energy Hog, on the poor efficiency of most public transit systems. Transit is often touted as a way to save energy, as paper says, but since 2009, transit has used more energy per passenger mile than the average car. Since 2016, transit has used more than the average of cars and light trucks together. Why? Ridership is declining, but transit agencies aren't proportionally reducing miles of transit service, O'Toole said. In fact, they are stubbornly moving ahead in developing more such systems, as the new state <laughs> office that is part of the Oklahoma Department of Transportation attests. So, like, all right, um, so, so, the, so the argument here is that the OKC light rail, which does like a two mile loop around downtown OKC, is not the like most efficient transit system you can imagine. So, why are we doing it? <laughs> Not also, just why are we doing it, but let's burn down all other yeah, attempts to do so because this inefficient shitty one we made isn't working well. I wonder why in a city where there are three apartment buildings total and every 95% or more of the housing stock is detached homes and you have to make parking for every possible inch of square feet in your building, hey, people hey, look. aren't using the public transit that doesn't go through residential areas. Look, what look, the fuck the- is up with that? Bricktown canal boats are not the most efficient form of transit. So why are we even looking into sea travel? Why? Why is that a thing? <laughs> Listen, moving people throughout OKC by miniature hot air balloon is entirely inefficient. So why do we have an airport? This is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, no, the light rail is like a, a little toy for fun people, for people to have fun riding around in OKC. It's not meant to get people places. See, I think well, it's, it's, that it's also meant as a thing that's like, look, we have this thing. They built it in a way that's like in the future when, you know, this will spur some development. And when we get more dense development, we can add another one and we can slowly use this as like a tool. Yeah, that's start building out. Absolutely. That's the other thing is that it's a dongle. And it's like, see, okay, see. cool. You, you have to wait be. for development to grow around transit, not like day one be like, why the fuck isn't this working? Yeah, it, uh, Mike Brake, I think, just actually went to go see uh, Kehinde Wiley's um, I, I, I set up at the Oklahoma City Museum of Art and was like, mm, not enough parking lots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and like, even, even for the situation, like, the one, like, if you're going to use it, what are you, what are you going to have to do if you're basically everyone in Oklahoma City? You're going to have to drive to the tram. get And then, the then tram, use the tram. Take it somewhere you could have just driven to and then take it back to the place where you parked your car. And the only time that's helpful is like a Thunder game whenever you park somewhere else on the tram line and then take the tram there. Yeah, I mean, it's I, meant I for always... people who are hanging in downtown OKC to get from like a restaurant to an entertainment venue. It's not... Like I commute on the OKC train. Like it's a one-way circle. That's not how <laughs> transit works. 
Okay, I, well, let's keep real. I, I, let's I, keep I, real. I, I like Mike Frank has also never been to an international airport. Yeah. I, I like <laughs> I like that it 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 is d- decrying the Norman, Oklahoma model, which is everyone drives to the Lloyd Noble Center to ride the bus onto campus, <laughs> which is again like a full and total nightmare. Like the bus also runs like a one way, and so it's like, okay, well, what the fuck do you even have buses for then? It's just, it's just dumb. Like, like someone should, should put a break on his writing. You know what I mean? Get out of here. But let's keep reading. Each year, the Federal Transit Administration issues a detailed report on transit systems nationwide. The 2019 report does not yet reflect the Oklahoma City streetcar system, but the figures for its sister bus system, Embark, are discouraging to advocates of urban transit. O'Toole said the average bus in Oklahoma City with 34 seats and room for 21 standing passengers has on average 5.2 actual passengers last year which like uh are you fucking stupid of course why would you ever the only people taking the bus in oklahoma city are people who are taking it as a last resort and it is a vanishing this small group of people who take it out of like as, a, as an act choice and even here here's a, he goes on buses are extremely inefficient because they're mostly empty from most of the day, aside from rush hours, O'Toole said. The same could be said of a streetcar. Oh my god, so, dude, shut the, f- the, god damn it, shut the fuck up. You, you, okay, if you put more than one person in the bus, it's more efficient than a fucking car! <laughs> fuck! <know>. Literally. <laughs> that moon landing, man. That, yeah. That, that was a very inefficient uh, I think it's the last time project. he tried to help do math in his brain <laughs> was back at the moon landing. I mean, that was that was well, probably so, the most inefficient transit project ever. <laughs> yeah, unless like several billion dollars to spend to, to send two guys several thousand miles away. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, super efficient. Well, that's the thing is that like is his concept of efficiency like okay, you better pack that bus with like like more people than it can fucking hold. Or no, because he would complain about that tax. too. He would be like, "Why He's are the like, buses oh, so no full?" <laughs> Oh. I shouldn't have to stand on the bus. I am American. Because his company is 100% founded by car dealerships. Like, this organization is exclusively founded by car dealerships and Harold Ham. Um, <laughs> no, he would, he, and, he, and, he would be complaining in an article about having to give his seat up for, like, a pregnant woman or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we should have but pregnant I mean, women-only buses. Like... Like here in DC, the public transit system is extremely efficient. Guess what? The buses are empty the vast majority of the time. It's two or three people riding the bus at once. But the reason they work is because you know you could take it, you know it's going to get you where you're going, and so you don't jump in a fucking car. That's well, not and true also in Oklahoma you, City. You run the, the surface at a loss because people who can't afford cars can't get around without it. It's like and you it's like this isn't very efficient. Not very many people take it. So uh, those people should have to go way outside of their means yeah. and buy a car. Those, those people should have, have to not be... Well, they can't buy a car. They can't get a loan for it. They, they can't scrape the money together to buy a beater, you know? So she's like, no, you'll have to walk seven hours a day to get to your job. Like, like this I guy... I mean, is that, un, is that so unreasonable? Um, <laughs> I guess. I don't, I don't know. Uh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. See, Since he's just trying Google to usher Google. in, you know, you living on God Google it, campuses. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had one more bit. Go ahead. Since it debuted with free ridership in December of 2018. Who says that? December 2018. Don't put an of in between them. Yeah. The Oklahoma City system has carried a total of 4,200... Uh, fuck. 428,839 <laughs> passengers at the end of November 2019. After the initial free December... <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I haven't been drinking much of it. It tastes good, okay? <laughs> After the initial free December, when 73,525 rode the cars, ridership declined dramatically in January to 48,792. By May of 2019, the monthly total was down to 22,582 people. And after a brief resurgence in June, with 48,108 people, it hovered around 30,000 per month through the rest of its first year. No data are available for December of 2019 when rides were free again. Like, why did you have to go through all those fucking numbers? Make a graph, you idiot. <laughs> Contrast that with the Kansas City streetcar system, God, which no. features a route about half as long as Oklahoma City's and free ridership. It's a one-mile loop. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, it's not helpful. Riders well, no, but it because the KC streetcar goes through, like, it's not very long, but it goes through three dense neighborhoods, like Power and Light, Downtown, and, like, the River Flats. So people use it to get to those three neighborhoods, and it, like, it's How much good ridership. There's, uh, there's a grocery store on it, unlike Oklahoma City's, um, that there are houses on it, so you can live on it and use it as a form of transportation, you know? Yeah, it literally no, it, like, just goes hmm. through only places that you can eat and drink, in which case you're then turning the tram into something that potentially, my, my major criticism of it was that, oh, you're letting drunk people people on it that's good they're gonna just vomit all over the tram that's okay, a great idea okay, you motherfucker you not hate <laughs> on being drunk on public transit that is a sacred right of the urban area. have you, you been have you been on the okc tram my man Parker, I've been on bro the if you i would love do hard drugs and no one says anything about it you can drink on it people i would love to, to see i would you love to see it. it's, it's just a mobile Carl. apartment <laughs> I would love to see 19 year old so Carl shat his pants on the subway, get stand. out the train by a dude after he got like zapped with the taser to wake him up. I know what public transit is for. Don't you fucking talk this shit on me. You think I wouldn't be drunk on that? I was I've been drunk on it. I haven't, but I will at some point. <laughs> metaphorically. Oh, go keep going. It recorded 2,228,992 riders in 2019, more than five times as many as Oklahoma City. And one day's ridership on July 5th reached 19,559, almost as many as Oklahoma City's system carried in some full months. Okay, I'd like to point out he's not talking about El Reno streetcar system and how inefficient that is. Uh, <laughs> sorry, big blinders on this fucking thing. The, here's a good one. Um, the Oklahoma City system never claimed to be self-supporting through fares. Like but all public transit. <laughs> but data on its first year of operation to provide a warning to those who would expand rail systems in Oklahoma. They could be immensely costly. Oh, cool. It never claimed to be the thing you're saying it should be. Great, great. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, you thank you. claimed this article should be about how hot I am, but it's not. So it's a bad article. And I'm how, sorry. I'm well, how, you shouldn't how much, be allowed to write anymore. Well, uh, roads roads aren't very profitable, though. How much uh, revenue do building uh, parking lots and roads bring in? Okay, Lassie, Lassie, you're hey, a, you're, you're, I pay to park in Tulsa all the time. Rick. You're an urban planner, <laughs> Lassie. You know that roads are naturally occurring. They just appear magically <laughs> where the houses and buildings are. Like, <laughs> that's course. how it works, right? Yeah, what? of course. Also, yeah, potholes don't cost anything if you don't fix them. Hey, <laughs> men. Also, what do you need streets for if you just tear out the street and then pretend that there isn't a street there? Cherry Street. <laughs> According to data provided by Michael Scroggins, I don't know who that is, uh, Embark Information Officer. Uh, just a great name, honestly. There are good names in this article. Total Michael Scrotum. <laughs> Mike Break. <laughs> <laughs> these are none of these people that are real. 
Total street, total streetcar revenue for its first year was $531,779, of which just $207,591 were fares. The remainder came from sponsorships. Scroggins said the system was never intended to pay its own way. Like, this I don't get why he's even talking about this. this in the from article. the beginning, everyone knew that as part of MAPS, the streetcar was not going to pay for itself, that it was an investment in the city. <laughs> Public transportation is like parks, roads, and public safety, he said. It is a service supported by multiple funding sources because it serves as a vital part of our public infrastructure and doesn't pay for itself in the traditional sense. Okay, good. Okay. That's where you why stop you that's why you stop writing the article. Yeah. <laughs> he literally is said this, this wait, wait, wait. Twice. Let me let me get through this. Okay. said the said the streetcar is a long plague project that is part of a move toward more mass transit in central Oklahoma, including a proposed commuter rail system that would link most of the metro area under the auspices of the Regional Transit Authority of Central Oklahoma, chaired by former Governor Brad Henry. Again, all the good reason why we shouldn't fucking be reading this. I insanely stupid. Um, O'Toole, author of the 2018 book, Romance of the Rails, Why the Passenger Trains We Love Are Not the Transportation We Need, said streetcars and other urban rail systems are often sold to cities as economic development tools. Carl, if but you read that book... really pans out. Carl, if you, that book, I would find him and kill him. Yeah, you would. You would. It would make you that. commit suicide. <laughs> if anyone talks shit on rail on trains for more than like ten minutes in a row, you would just freak out and just start killing people. Carl, I'm buying you this book for your birthday. I'll fucking kill you. I'll fly to Oklahoma and kill you. I'll take a train to Oklahoma and kill you. I don't do that three day trip it takes to get to Oklahoma City on Amtrak. Carl, I am I'm inviting you and I'm going to bait you onto Oklahoma's public transit on your birthday just to give you this book. I would gladly go on Oklahoma public transit. I know. I'm fine with that. Uh, largesse rarely pans out, except when routes coincidentally run through tax inc increment finance districts where other factors attract investment. Scroggins made such a claim, suggesting that there has been $1.6 billion in investment within three blocks of the streetcar route. In reality, streetcars are so funky 1880s technology, O'Toole said, noting that a reporter for a Portland, Oregon newspaper walked that city streetcar route faster than the streetcar could travel. God damn, that's not what it's going to compare it. I wonder if he's going to compare it to anywhere in other parts of the world where streetcars actually work well. It's weird that he keeps comparing it to these cities in the U.S. that are exclusively designed around cars, a design that makes it impossible for dense mass transit to actually function. Hmm, I wonder if he's just ever going to do that. But no. of course, why would he do that? Why? St. Louis recently closed its $51 million streetcar system after two years of financial losses. A similar system in Atlanta was initially free, but ridership there declined 58% after the system started charging minimal fares. Even then, at least half of riders refused to pay. Okay, so the <laughs> argument there is make transit free. That's yeah. like yeah. that's what I'm hearing there. <laughs> So, so I, this is good. Um, this gets really good here, okay? Um, O'Toole he, he, said he calculated the inefficiency of most transit systems using various data, the National Transit Database, for various types of fuel used in mass transit, which he converted into British thermal units. Using those numbers, he found that Oklahoma City's bus system used 5,971 BTUs per passenger mile and generated 449 grams of carbon dioxide, which would give pause to environmentalists who believe mass transit is the answer to global warming. Of course, that number per passenger mile is the thing that's doing all the fucking work there because if the buses were full during rush hour, it would be way more efficient than a ton of people, literally over a million people driving in a car by themselves to work every day. He also literally. doesn't give the number for cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Streetcar systems were among the most inefficient in the study. The Dallas Dart system burned 26,383 BTUs per passenger mile and churned out 1,350 grams of carbon dioxide. Even the most efficient system noted in Portland still used 2,715 BTUs to remove one passenger Again, a mile. Again, this has no just, context or just, reference. No, he just, he so... just found numbers and he's like, these seem like a lot. I, this is not <laughs> the other thing about it, too, is it's like, okay, um, what if they weren't on coal power plants? <laughs> uh, Boom! Done. Okay, cool. It literally costs none of that. No carbon. What if they're on wind, uh, wind turbines or or solar panels that are powering the system where they're drawing their electricity from? There's literally no environmental harm. Okay, great. Can you do that with cars? No, actually, you can't. That's impossible. You know, it's like it's just idiotic. Well, um, I mean, electric cars. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> not as wide, widespread. Lithium batteries are bad for the environment too. I mean, the bus, uh, the buses you know, though, we like the efficient buses are mostly hybrid electric buses. Yeah, so yeah. that's like same, same. Yeah. yeah, natural gas. Like you, you can also do. I mean, you know that as well as I do, Lassie, that you can do the buses that use the pantographs, like trams. Yeah, um, yeah, that the, just they, run on electricity. Yeah. Um, O'Toole said other data on commuter habits concerning Oklahoma City should have warned planners that mass transit would be a hard sell here. Nationally, yeah, what, 4. That, 3, yeah that, that, what a fucking the, idiot. There is no national. There's no mass transit. Everyone drives already. It's such a tautology of a fucking argument. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Like no one wants to use mass transit. That's why we shouldn't invest in it. We haven't invested any money in it. No one uses it. Wow. Okay. Cool. You want to go back to fucking preschool, you idiot? Horses, horses are efficient, and apples are good for the environment. And if you have seven apples and give Sally two, you have five left for your horse. Make America transit horses again. Horses actually emit thirteen hundred BTUs per passenger mile from farting and pooping. All right, finish your out. Of, of methane. So I found a picture of our boy. Wait, wait, shut up. <laughs> Let me finish it and then we'll talk about the photo. Actually, 4.3% of people who work have no cars and 40% rely on them, uh, rely on mass transit, but in Oklahoma City, the number without cars was just 2% of the workforce. And of those who are carless, only 9% use mass transit because the other 91% are uh, closed out from the economy <laughs> by not being able to afford a car. It seems they are catching rides with others, or even walking to work instead of riding a bus. One of those. I, awesome I, I love that it's cars. like he has like, a he has a reason that. for you it, but he has no. That. Yeah, he has no. Yeah, it's like eh, these people can't use the buses because they're so terrible. So most of these people have to walk, bike, or carpool, <laughs> which is cool. I like to yeah, walk, which is good. Everyone, and we get rid of the buses that everyone carpools I or gets their own car. Finish or, out. What with, if we get rid of the cars? Huh. This this last quote is uh, nausea-inducing. Urban transit is a very poor transit choice, O'Toole said. Uh, Randy Tool, please come on the show. We'll fight you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, Carl, we will watch. Yeah, I want to hear more about what the moon landing was like and <laughs> what it was like to drive <laughs> your Packard to the, to the drive-in with your sweetheart and share a malt. <laughs> Uh, oh, and you were not joking about what this guy looks like, Parker. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> this this motherfucking, like, Describe it to me. Owning ass guy. I, I put a, I did better than that. Go look at the speech. <laughs> Go look at the doc. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a 1880s like 
Robber Baron looking guy. <laughs> You're like, oh, Matt's president is a poor choice. He has a southern Colonel like tie on. <laughs> he looks like Mr. Frankenstein's assistant in uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Igor, yeah. I like Igor. He looks like Igor for sure. What hump? Wasn't your hump on the other side? <laughs> Our Twitter is Red Star Over OK. We also have a Facebook page and a subreddit. You can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes, as well as most other places podcasts are found. Any questions, comments, complaints, or concerns can be sent to our email, redstaroverok at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about us and rate and review on iTunes. Thanks, everybody. Have a nice week. Bye.